everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. Got a packed show for you here today as the Broncos conclude their mandatory minicamp this week and why they canceled their final practice. We'll go into that, into a quarterback breakdown, the role for Melvin Gordon here in his second year with the team, and is this team really any good? Uh, it could be a whole dissertation on that, but we'll keep it pretty concise. So, Ryan, we'll start off with uh, mandatory minicamp coming to a close here. Why did the Broncos cancel the final practice? Are you surprised? And, you know, Broncos country on Twitter, they were having quite the debate about the field day that took place uh, and, and, of course, pregame meetings instead of a practice today. Well, Bronco country annoys me, especially the ones on Twitter who, like, think that everything is, is an affront to the way things used to be here. Um, you know, Vic Fangio used it as a reward. He thought the guys worked hard during OTA. He thought there was good attendance. Um, he thought they put in a lot of good work on Tuesday, Wednesday when it was broiling hot at the Broncos facility. And, and Vic was in thing. his hoodie. And Vic was still in his hoodie both those yeah, days. Just to is, is, that's a way to sweat off a couple pounds. Um, and he did this two years ago. And people were saying, why did he just announce it on Wednesday that he wasn't going to practice? Well, he wanted to bring the guys in. He wanted to confer with his staff. He was said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is the work we got in. What would you like? And then brought the team in for a 9 a.m. meeting. And then they did their thing, you know, their carnival-type activities. I mean, if I'm the Players Association, I embrace this because it just gives me more ammo for the future to say, well, why do you need three days of mandatory minicamp? You've only used two. Maybe you just need one. Maybe you need none. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it was a reward if I'm a fan, I'm like, okay, your team's five and eleven. How can you justify giving up a day on the field? But uh, so it doesn't bother me either way. Not missing being out there for a couple hours in the Sunday, uh, but so I'll take that. I'll take sitting at home over that. Yeah, it was pretty roasting out at Dove Valley the last couple days, uh, but like we said. A field day today, so they're still getting some team bonding in. You know, you could argue that perspective. It's not just, hey, see you guys. Yeah, well, if there was a dunk tank, I would have been running over there to dunk some people, and in there, including a couple one offensive linemen. But not sure if they had that there. But uh, does it help them win in Week One against the Giants? No, uh, but uh, I think it's big doing his players a solid. But in terms of the two days. Uh, I mean, this is a first-world problem. I can't remember a minicamp that boring. Um, they clearly were not running a lot of stuff. They just were doing a lot of run game, no contact, no pads. Like they're working on fundamentals and technique. And, you know, as for takeaways, I really have only a couple. And the quarterbacks, you know, some people are going to keep score. This guy won this day. This guy won that day. I'm just looking at, okay, did they complete passes down the field? Did they avoid turnovers? You know, Teddy had no turnovers, but he also had no touchdowns during the two days. Drew Locke had three touchdowns on Tuesday, one interception yesterday. Uh, check that back. Teddy had one touchdown on on Wednesday. So, you know, compared to the old days, you really do take things with a grain of salt and these mini camp practices. You know, some Twitter jockeys, some elitist agents have been saying, well, why are people putting out details and statistics about these mini camp practices? Well, let's just try and figure this out. The readers want to hear it. They buy the tickets that pay the players' salaries that pay the agents' commissions. 
that's why we're reporting it morons. And and you love doing your job out out in the heat, right? Well, he, it, as I tell people, the reason I take a, a note on every play is so I don't worry about when it's going to be over and I don't worry about how hot it is. So one guy that we're waiting to see was Melvin Gordon, running back, uh, leading rusher last year, 10th in the league. He stayed away from OTAs. He's too good for OTAs. You wrote about him in uh, Wednesday's Denver Post. What, what were some of your uh, impressions of what Melvin had to say and how he looked? Well, you know, Vic Fangio said he looked in pretty good shape on the first day of minicamp. And Melvin, like you said, not a fan of OTAs. He said that multiple times on the Zooms. He said he just doesn't see the point in them. The reads aren't true. But he's also very confident in the work and the so-called grinding he did in the offseason, he said, you know, going back to my college days, that's what I do. I grind, but he preferred to do it with his own people, his own trainers. So now back to the Broncos, and he's very confident, that's a direct quote, that he's going to win the number one running back job. But as he said, you know, you guys, the media, he says to us, make it, oh, it's uh, Javante versus, versus Mel for the starting running back job. Well, it is. Um, and... The fact that the Broncos traded up in the second round to get Javante Williams says a lot. They're giving them a ton of reps even early on here. So I think it's a bonafide competition. And, you know, Vic Fangio, is, he's not going to throw gasoline on the fire too much, but he says, you know, he wants to see growth out of both of those guys. And they're going to clearly need both of those guys, plus a little Mike Boone, maybe some Royce Freeman mixed in there. Although, Ryan... Not Royce Freeman has not come up on the list too much when Vic Fangio has been asked about this multiple times. So interesting yeah. uh, omission in my mind. So it is Javante Williams versus Melvin Gordon, but Flash, despite cutting his dreadlocks, remains pretty confident he can win that number one job. But Javante Williams, an upstart rookie, see if we can he can shed tackles at the rate he did in college. Yeah, that, that'll easily win him the job, make Melvin maybe a, a third down guy. Uh, Williams looks like he's playing at a different speed than Gordon. He looks like he's younger, which he is. He looks like he's fresher, which he is. He looks like he's been in, around OTAs, which he had been. You know, I think it is a competition, Melvin. I'm sorry because there's only one football. That means only one guy can get it at a time. You know, yes, there's going to be plenty of carries to go around. If this team eventually tries and gets a couple leads and they can lean on their run game, I think I, I foresee a possible situation where – Gordon is on the field for the first snap against the Giants in week one, but slowly and steadily, Javante Williams becomes the man on first and second down for the Broncos, and he can play third down. And, and interesting, Pat Schirmer mentioned that on Wednesday, is how quickly and how well Williams has picked up the protection part of the job. That's what a lot of college running backs struggle with, is who to block and how to block them and when they're pass protecting. So, you know, maybe if Melvin has the hot hand in one game, that makes Javante a third down back. Um, and so uh, in the end, I think Williams has more carries, more yards at the uh, than Melvin Gordon does this season. Again, folks, First Orange Podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Appreciate you listening in today's show. DenverPost.com slash Broncos for more analysis. But before we close the show, let's – just do a quick uh, temperature check on how we're feeling about this team through rookie minicamp, through OTAs, through mandatory minicamp. Little break, little lull coming up here for the guys, for the coaches. Vic's headed off to, to his daughter's wedding, 
son's wedding son's wedding son's wedding fix headed off to his son's wedding so some some personal time for these guys amidst a pretty busy nfl schedule but how are we feeling about the team right now ryan is this team going to be any good or is this going to team going to contend at all or even for a wild card spot yeah i think it's the way it's currently constructed you know they're a third or fourth place team in the afc west you can at me people i don't care i like to hear the case to prove me wrong uh but here's some concerns is right now a receiver kj handler can't find the field because he's hurt Corlin sutton is going to be a natural transition for him to get back to full strength coming off that ACL, that means you're going to lean on Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick missed some time during the offseason, so that's a concern. I think tight end's a concern with Noah Fan because really he's the only option right now to catch passes with Albert O coming back from his ACL. Running back, they're fine. Quarterback, unless Aaron Rodgers walking through the door, I think you're going to go back and forth between Bridgewater and Locke throughout the season. And then on defense, for as good as they say they're going to be, I don't think that's going to be on display because the offense isn't going to be able to score points and you're going to have teams being able to run it 25, 30, 35 times. They gate the pass rush, they gate the secondaries cover and playmaking abilities. So right now I still see a roster that had a ton of holes after last season and new general manager, George Payton has plugged the dam a little bit. He's done as much as he could. Uh, but the, between now and camp, the only really storyline, the only real storyline for me is Rodgers. They find a way to get him. This this dialogue changes completely. Uh, what were so, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I'm in agreement. I mean, you look on the offensive side of the ball, they got a, a lot of potential. Some still some question marks. Will Albert O be fully healthy? Can he kind of come into his own this year? Um, you mentioned KJ Hamler, and he was sprinting the other day at on Wednesday at mini camp on the side field and working with the trainer. So it looks like he's on his way back, but the repeated hamstring tweaks, strains for a guy tears for a guy who is predicated on speed. That's, that's concerning. The whole, the quarterback position is the most concerning and I am agreement with you. Whoever starts week one, I think we'll see a rotation at some point of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. If there's no Aaron Rodgers in town and I'm going to even put some money down five bucks right now. We're going to see Brett Rippon at some point this year uh, by either by combination of injury and necessity, maybe Teddy or Drew goes down and the other one's just playing terrible Broncos are losing. So I'm going to make a prediction there. That's not a good omen for the Broncos overall record. Obviously defensive side of the ball. I think they're going to be pretty up to snuff. I think the paper is going to translate mostly to the field, but we're going to run to a problem. Like you said, they're going to be behind a lot. They're going to be facing the run a lot. And my biggest worry about that defense, that up front, behind the starting three of Purcell, Shelby Harris, and Draymond Jones, the depth is a little sketchy there. You start to get some injuries and attrition, Broncos could be in trouble. So, uh, which, there will, which there will be because those guys were banged up last year. So, right. you know, I, and I think you hit the key point is, if it, when this team does lead in the game, you're going to see, I think, uh, a defense that is elite and can shut a game down. The problem is they can't score touchdowns. I mean, they can in theory, but they can't score one running or receiving. So, you know, can, you know the big thing is can this offense get to 25 points? Can they add four or five points to their per-game average? If they can't, then they're not going to playoffs. They're not going to be 500. First Orange Podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Head to DenverPost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage. 
appreciate you listening in to today's show. And until next time, folks, take it easy.